Welcome to Prima's 2019 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Henry Sundblad will discuss developing excellence in cybersecurity management. Henry is the Chief Technology Officer for the company Nurse. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you for joining us today, Henry. Thank you for having me. So, first off, what is your assessment of the state of cybersecurity in the public sector? Well, in the public sector, I would say it's woefully inadequate, specifically in our industry and in workers' comp. I think that the reason for that has to do with, uh, in a lot of cases, with funding, but also the state is hampered by complex, archaic, on-premise systems and architecture and from my perspective, really the wrong mindset about security. Specifically for workers' comp, there's a false narrative in our industry that exists around the HIPAA privacy rule. So while it's true that the rule does not apply to workers' comp disclosures, I view HIPAA and other compliance mechanisms like high-tech as really the basement requirements uh, for security. I feel like at minimum, every organization in this industry that has access to individually identifiable information or health information should follow some of the basic outline of the HIPAA and high-tech technical safeguards. So, for example, that is making sure that data is encrypted both in transit and at rest, and that the systems that you use provide audit trail capabilities to see who has access to that protected information. And obviously, there's a lot more that, that we can talk about, but that that's kind of my high-level assessment of, of where we're on the industry. So it'll be kind of tough to open a newspaper or watch the news today without hearing about another security breach. So why are we seeing such an increase in these types of attacks? Sure, I agree. And in fact, some of our uh, large competitor just recently was attacked by uh, apparently North Korean hackers. So it's it's very relevant to us. I think there's a few reasons why why this is happening. One, cybercrime is actually now an established industry. So the sophistication of this industry, the cybercrime uh, industry, is really leading these criminals to go away from just stealing credit cards to really more lucrative, large-scale implementation. We'll talk about ransomware and, and how that's happening, but I know that lots of public and state entities have been attacked by these ransomware attacks. And really, when this happens, it's it's basically hackers that have gotten into the internal network of, of an organization and have encrypted the contents of all the computers and then demanding very large sums of payment to unlock it. Cities as big as the city of Atlanta fell to ransomware. And so this once these this industry realized that there was money to be made and ways to get paid for it using using things like Bitcoin, it's really just skyrocketed. So that's one big dimension of why it's growing. The other thing is that the Internet of Things, which is basically all the things that we use that are now connected, you know, many of us have lights at home that we can turn off, on and off with apps when we're not there, or ways that we can monitor our pets or our kids remotely, or, you know, even our car systems now that are connected to the internet and where you can unlock your car. So there's a lot more vectors where 
these cyber criminals can potentially tap into. And I guess the, the third thing I would mention is that instead of going after, you know, large networks with very sophisticated means, there's also now the advent of something called spear phishing. And so spear phishing is targeted email attacks that are no longer going after kind of the the most prominent individuals of an organization, but really going after, let's say, the the HR manager or the payroll manager or really just anybody in the organization. And what they do is they send very targeted and well-crafted emails that look like real emails coming from, let's say, the CEO of the company. And a lot of times individuals will click on the email following the instructions that are laid out in the email and will end up either giving up the credentials to their computer or in some cases taking actions like transferring money and funds or we had one attack that wasn't successful where uh, we were asked, uh, one of our managers was asked by somebody impersonating the CEO to go buy a bunch of, of gift cards and contact them. So they're getting really sophisticated with these spear phishing attacks. So those three things, cybercrime is an industry, the internet of things and how that's growing, and then things like spear phishing. Thanks for tuning in to this Prima podcast. Here are some words from Prima's marketing manager, Till Griffey, regarding Prima's cybrary. Wish you had access to a database of risk management documents? Don't reinvent the wheel. Instead, as a Prima member, you have access to our cybrary, a digital library with an extensive selection of sample documents that every risk manager needs, including RFPs, job descriptions, checklists, work plans, insurance information, and even more. Use Prima's member-only Cybrary as a starting point for all your risk management-related projects. Visit Cybrary, that's C-Y-B-R-A-R-Y dot primacentral.org. That's Cybrary dot org. And if you aren't a member, what are you waiting for? Become a member today and receive access to this amazing resource. Thanks, Till. To learn more about Prima Cybrary, visit cybrary.primacentral.org. Now back to the podcast. What are some practical steps that organizations and workers' compensation can take to improve their security stance? So I think the first thing is changing the mindset. So I mentioned that I think we have this mindset where because we've gotten a pass on HIPAA that maybe we don't need to take security quite as seriously. Obviously, that's not how we approach things at Company Nurse. But so the first thing is uh, companies need to approach this by creating a cybersecurity risk management program, a formal program that is approved by the leadership team and focuses on risk management and managing the risk of cyber events. For us, the way that looks is we have a dedicated team that has where we have separation of duties and that team is responsible for really maintaining it's an ongoing process where they look at the risks that we have from the applications we use, the employees that we hire, the organizations that we work with, etc. And it's just an ongoing thing where we're assessing and remediating and monitoring all of those risks in real time. I think the other practical step is to have a cybersecurity discussion 
and training and awareness with employees. Because of what I mentioned with spear phishing, it's no longer that you have to have a security guard posted at the door and physical security controls. You need to look out for essentially your weakest link. Maybe that new employee that just started in the HR or the payroll department, they're going to be targeted as soon as they update their LinkedIn profile directly by some of these cyber criminals. So making sure that there's an ongoing discussion with employees around how cyber criminals are going to target them and how these attacks are ever evolving so that when it comes up, they know exactly how to do. And then finally, from a tooling perspective, you really need a multi-layered approach. So not just in the tools that you use, but also in the people that are using those tools and the processes that they use. There isn't one single solution that's going to protect your organization, your company from all of the different threats that are out there. So you really need a multi-layered approach. And we'll talk about a few more things that I consider to be sort of table stakes in, in, in the toolbox. Can you share one or two things that someone listening to this podcast should quickly implement? Sure. So I'll talk about two that we've implemented and that are probably a big reason why you're seeing some of these ransomware attacks succeeding. The first is endpoint protection. So a lot of organizations think that by installing Windows, if they're a Windows shop and the tools that are built into Windows, that that is enough. And unfortunately, because of the ubiquity of Windows, the protection that comes within is is just not enough. There are companies, and I'll list a few companies like Carbon Black, Silence, CrowdStrike, and not, not picking any one of those, but any of those solutions are better protection. And for as little as $3 per desktop per month, you can essentially have the protection that every one of your devices is protected from these ransomware attacks so that somebody doesn't take advantage of, of one of those weak links. The other thing is a little bit more complicated and it's a, it's a two-step approach, but it's multi-factor authentication and single sign-on. So every identity that you create for an employee to access your system or systems is a potential risk. And so what we've done at Company Nurse is we about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, we implemented both multi-factor authentication and single sign-on. So we create one identity for every employee, not five or 10 or 15 different logins. And that one identity is protected with what you call multi-factors. So in our case, it's an authenticator app. In some cases, it's a hardware token, depending on the position. But what that means is that if that individual, if that employee happens to click on a spear phishing email and they give up their credentials unknowingly, even if a hacker has those credentials, they now would have to have a second factor to be able to authenticate as that employee. Some cases, and a lot of people are familiar with this, you know, your bank might send you a text message to validate that it is really you that is transferring money in your bank. For organizations, they should be doing the same thing that banks and other organizations do, which is implementing that second factor of authentication, which can be as simple as a, a text message or a hardware token that challenges that employee for something else to get them access to a system. And so if your employee is compromised, it reduces the risk of a hacker, a cyber criminal being able to access 
critical private information. What trend or technology do you see on the horizon that others should start thinking about? So I'll mention two things. For us at Company Nurse, we pivoted our infrastructure to the cloud about two years ago. And it may seem that the cloud may be less secure, but in fact, if implemented correctly, the cloud can not only make your, your team more focused because they no longer have to worry as much about physical security safeguards, and also the ability to then scale and, and be more nimble in your business. Um, for example, we've, we've moved all of our infrastructure to Amazon Web Services. And so Amazon runs what, what are called level four data centers that have very high levels of physical safeguards in order for somebody to access those facilities. So that's something that, again, may not seem all that intuitive, but actually makes can really provide not only an added level of security, but also provide some flexibility for businesses to scale and grow. The other thing that's on our our roadmap and that we're moving towards is something called zero trust. So zero trust is essentially a security model that is based on the principle of maintaining very strict access controls and by default not trusting anyone even those that are already inside the network perimeter. In the past, the way that companies typically operated is that if you made it into the network, if you were able to you know, gain access to an organization and simply plug into their network, whether wireless or, or by wire, you were inherently trusted to access certain things on that network. With zero trust as a security model, basically flipping that and similar to, for example, what a bank would do with their bank website, where they inherently don't trust that anybody that can hit that website is who they are until you're able to authenticate into that site. And so we're moving to that as a security model for all of the things that we do. We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.